Hello and welcome. This is Diane Lake, your host, and I'm going to be sharing how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to everyday life so that you can prepare the way for the Lord's purposes to manifest in the earth. This is Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. Well, hey guys, welcome to episode number 30, titled, Do You Have Personal Prophetic Words That Remain Unfulfilled in Your Life? Well, it's good to be back. I've had some of my grown kids home. They're in the military. They don't get home very often. So that means I didn't podcast for a couple of weeks. And then to be honest, the Lord pulled me aside for a time to just to recover and heal from there's been some level of betrayal that's happened in our lives and my life. And I have to respect that. You know, I think the Lord cares more about us than we realize. We want to be busy and doing things for him and ministering, right? And sometimes the Lord just wants to love on us. So I trust the Lord so explicitly in that. So anyway, I'm glad to be back. So here we are with today's episode, which I hope is intriguing uh, just in the title itself. Now, remember, I love hearing from you. You can write me at info at starfireministries.org. And I like to see when themes emerge. And lately what I'm hearing has to do with even what I just talked about, levels of betrayal or being unjustly treated. So I want to say, if that's you, I want to refer you to a couple of older podcasts uh, where I talk about those things. One is titled, Why It's Not Okay When Someone Steals From You. That one is dated December 13th, 2021. And there's one called, There Stands Before You an Open Door dated February 22nd of 21, in which I talk about inner healing, right? Because none of us want to walk around with wounds and baggage and not be effective in our walk in our lives, okay? So another theme I'm hearing in emails that I'm receiving is relative to delay in prophetic words or even trying to maintain hope when it seems like prophetic words have simply failed. They've not come to pass and they never will. Or it seems like it, right? So that's where that topic is coming from that I want to address today. I think that people are wanting to hear it, and it's a very relevant topic, I believe. And let me say, you're not the lone stranger if you're in this category listening today. Because I think if we're honest, we can all think of at least something that we felt the Lord spoke to us, either personally to us prophetically or through another person in the form of a personal prophetic word that has not been fulfilled or not turned out the way we thought it would, right? So let's start with some basic prophetic principles. I am also going to share some testimony and bring you what I feel is an encouraging word towards the end, but let's just start with some principles, all right? So number one, prophetic words are awesome, right? And they can assist us in making life decisions that can't be found The answers cannot be found just from searching scripture alone. But be sure that by seeking a prophetic word, you're not trying to substitute seeking God for yourself through things like prayer, fasting, and searching the scriptures, all right? We cannot replace that. We all have the voice of the Holy Spirit, but we know that prophets have the ability to speak into our lives sometimes when we need it, and we're not hearing it ourselves, so... Keep that in mind. Now, number two, I would say, remember, this is very important, that the Bible has the highest say in our lives. It is the ultimate authority. Nothing can replace scripture, all right? No prophetic word that you receive should ever go against the principles and teachings of scripture, because if it does, it's not legit. That's a real red flag. 
Number three, when you receive a prophetic word, it activates something in you. All right, so I like to think of a prophetic word as planting a seed. We hear the word, our faith is stirred, and we engage in the circumstances of of our life from a little bit different perspective, or maybe a lot different perspective. We might begin to pray differently. We might have more boldness or confidence about some area that we otherwise would not have had. And even sometimes it can cause us to hope against hope when there is actually no hope, right? And sometimes we take faith-based action, what I would call like a prophetic step or, uh, you know, kind of like a prophetic, what would you say, a prophetic action to just display to God your faith, some immediate action that you either feel is required by God or is required because you want him to understand that you engage that word, right? So the power of the prophetic word, what I'm saying, is less about predicting the future than it is about activating the hearer into greater obedience and to greater covenant with God for the future that he has in mind for them. So in other words, the prophetic word is true, but it is not passive. It is not simply God announcing his plans and then we're just taking notes. Okay, this is what he wants me to do or where I'm going to go from here. No, it rather is an invitation with God to partner with him so that his greatest desires are fulfilled in your life. All right, hopefully you're following that. So fourth, personal prophecy has three major characteristics. It is firstly conditional, it is partial, and it is progressive. All right, so let's look at these. The first one we're going to look at is partial. Now, we're probably familiar with this verse. 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. So keep in mind that prophecy is only a small insight into God's will for our lives. We might have a part. Another prophet might have a part. A prophetic word from a friend or a colleague might have a part. But nobody has the entire picture. Deuteronomy 29.29 says that the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of the law. So sometimes I like to say that prophecy is on a need-to-know basis. God only reveals what we need to know at a particular time in order to do his will more perfectly at that particular time and place. And don't you sometimes look back in your life and say, well, I'm really glad that God didn't tell me about all the details I was going to have to walk through to get to that place, right? Because it's like too much information. I don't know that it would be a good thing. Well, God knows that. And those things that he does want us to know, he reveals. And those things that he doesn't, he keeps secret from either us or the prophets, from the one prophesying. Uh, Remember, for instance, how Elisha said, that the Lord had hid it from him. I think you find that in 2 Kings 4, verse 27, possibly. He admitted that he didn't know it because God didn't show it to him. So that's really a factor. Well, there's a lot of examples from Scripture I could give to back this up, but I think Joseph is probably the most um, apt example. His prophetic dreams revealed to him that he would rule over his brothers, but they certainly did not include any mention that he was going to be sold into slavery, that he was going to have problems with Potiphar's wife, right? Or even being thrown into prison. And a lot of years passed. You have to get all the way to the end of Genesis, like chapter 50, before you see that Joseph sees the complete picture of what God had planned for his life all along. 
And you could say the same for Abraham or for David or many others in the scriptures. All right, so secondly, under that category, prophecy is also progressive, personal prophecy. It unfolds, it expands gradually over the years, and every prophetic word can add some new revelation, new specifics, new information. As the details of God's will and his way accumulate, he slowly unveils his full plan for our lives and what he means for it to be that comes to pass in our life. So I would say Abraham might be the best example for this from Scripture because we want to back this up from the word, right? Abraham first receives a word from God when he is 50 years old. He's told to leave his country, right? And go to a land that the Lord would show him. He obeyed, but he didn't understand anything else. He didn't have any idea what God had in mind. He gets a second prophecy when he's about age 75. It has some more specifics in it. And then this word, the Lord told Abraham that he would make of him a great nation and that through him, all the families of the earth would be blessed. That's in Genesis 12, 1 to 5. He then gets a third prophecy in Genesis, Genesis 12, 7. That has to do with God giving his descendants the land of Canaan. There's a fourth prophecy in Genesis 13, 14 to 17. And it talked about God's plan for Abraham's nation to become as numerous as the dust of the earth. And Abraham was also told to look and to walk the length and breadth of that land that he would inherit. A fifth prophecy came in Genesis 15, 1 to 21. And that concerned him telling Abraham that Eliezer was not to be his heir. His descendants would be as numerous as the stars. And there are a few other details in there like Israel's coming bondage, exile, and the return after 400 years. Then there was a sixth prophecy when Abraham was 99. Genesis 17, 1 through 21 details where God added several new and important elements to the prophetic. Uh, Abraham was given a new name there. Remember, changed from Abram to Abraham. There was a new covenant instituted of circumcision. And now he told he, he's there's an increase in the prophetic. It's, he's told he's going to be the father of many nations, not just a nation. And even Sarah has more specifically been promised that she will be the mother of the promised seed. So it's pretty neat to see that unfold. All right, so another element of the prophetic, the personal prophetic, is that it's conditional. So before we look at that, let's look at the difference between what is conditional prophecy versus what is an unconditional prophecy. So unconditional prophecies relate to God's overall purposes, his ultimate universal plan for humanity. And it can be fulfilled, this plan, on time, but it often can be postponed because it could be based upon man's response to him. All right. So I will illustrate that, but nothing can stop God from eventually fulfilling his predestined prophesied purpose, his unconditional purpose. But, like I said, it can be adjusted or rescheduled. Cannot be canceled or revoked, though, or stored, <laughs> excuse me, stopped short of fulfillment. Because remember what Second Peter 3 says, that we are to look for and hasten the day of the Lord. In other words, that second coming is coming. That's a unconditional promise. But we can hasten the day. We can, like, bump up the time frame if we obey God and do everything he says that has to be done to bring him back. Okay, so we're talking about that kind of purpose. Conditional prophecies, on the other hand, 
are those prophetic promises and declarations that God makes to individuals that can be canceled or altered or reversed or diminished. They can sometimes even completely fail and never be fulfilled. For prophecy of this kind to come to pass, conditional prophecies to come to pass, it requires participation proper participation and cooperation from the ones who receive it and hear it, okay? So all personal prophecies are conditional. And as an illustration, remember how Saul failed to hear God clearly and to follow through completely on God's instructions to him? 1 Samuel 13, 13 to 14. So even though he had been anointed king by the prophet Samuel, according to God's instructions, that's in 2 Samuel 9, 15 to 10, 8, Saul's disobedience negated those promises, right, of his posterity. He was allowed to remain in his position as king for another, I would say, 15 to 20 years, I think. But the sin of his rebellion against that prophetic word was so serious that God removed the Holy Spirit from him. And his royal anointing was transferred to David, right, rather than his own children. You can find that part in 1 Samuel 15, 24 through 16, 23. If you want to do the reading up on scripture from your own, on your own perspective. Now, fifthly, and I don't want to spend too much time here, but there are some other elements of prophecy, which include timing of a word, the terminology of a word, and the interpretation of it, its application, the spiritual versus the natural elements, and even our thoughts versus God thoughts about the words that are being spoken in the prophecy. And sometimes prophetic words are even meant to be generational and won't be fulfilled in our lifetime, but maybe in the lifetime of our children or even later generations beyond that. And certainly some of Abraham's prophetic words fall into that category, right? Because even when he died, he hadn't seen quite a number of his prophecies yet come to pass. And basically, you know, I want to remind you, I think we already know this, but there's a level of fallibility, if you will, that's inherent to prophecy. There just is, because God is God and we are human. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways, says Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And Second Peter 3, 8 tells us that one day is as a thousand years with the Lord, right? And a thousand years as one day. So that tells you a little something about how complicated it can be to interpret the timing of a word and whether or not it has truly come to pass. All right. There's all kinds of complicating factors to personal property, prophecy. So remember how the religious leaders at the time of Jesus knew the scriptures they had at that time so well, right? All the prophecies concerning the coming of the Messiah, yet they completely missed his coming to the point that they even crucified him. So that just illustrates that prophecy can be extremely difficult to interpret sometimes, and that most definitely includes prophetic words to a person, an individual, as well as unconditional prophecies about what God has said will ultimately come to pass. So I want to share a passage from the book of Acts that the Lord recently gave to me, and I pray that it will encourage you. So Acts chapter 3 contains a fascinating story of a beggar who was healed by the apostle Peter. 
This man was lame and carried daily to beg by the temple gate called Beautiful. And it's apparent that Jesus must have passed by this beggar many times, but he never called for him to be healed. And yet, when Peter and John passed by and the beggar asked them for money, Peter responded by taking him by the hand and he was instantly made whole. You can find that in verses 7 and 8. So the prophetic insight contained in this story in Acts 3 is intriguing. Because remember, Jesus healed all who asked him, and he also moved in accordance with what he heard his father saying and doing. So it follows then that he did not move to heal this man because he didn't hear the father telling him to do so. So I believe that Jesus didn't heal that beggar because it was not the appointed time, according to God's larger and greater plan. According to Strong's Dictionary, number 5611, the word beautiful, which the temple gate was called where the beggar lay, does not mean beautiful in the sense of pleasing to the eye as we would ordinarily think, right? Instead, it means belonging to the right hour or season, timely, by implication, flourishing or good timing. In other words, beautiful as in the sense of Isn't it beautiful when a plan comes together at just the right time? So what came together at just the right time was a harvest because the beggar's healing sent shockwaves into the community. And ultimately, this caused the number of believers to be increased by almost 2,000 souls. You can follow that progression in the numbers from Acts 3.11, 2.41 and 47 up to Acts 4.4. So be encouraged that only God knows the right time for your word to come to pass, okay? And like the beggar, there might be an element of divine timing that has to kick in that has nothing to do with you, but it has to do with God's greater plan, okay? And he wants to use you to display his glory. So keep that in mind. I pray that can encourage you. I want to wrap this episode up by giving you just a little bit of personal testimony of my own experience with a particular word. Now, this is a complex word that's been given many times in different parts and ways over the years by a number of prophetic people that I trust and that know they know nothing about my circumstances whatsoever. This involves some land and some inheritance that has been unjustly withheld from me. This goes back many generations and it even is still ongoing today. In fact, now this curse of injustice and betrayal has been broken in my own household, over my own family. Our children are never going to perpetuate it. But in those generations, it's been a pattern for many years. And I mean, people will do what people do. You can break it off your own household, but not necessarily those of others, right? So basically, many people have prophesied over years that what has been stolen from me and eventually, specifically land that has been stolen will be returned. And I've heard the Lord say, not even all that long ago, that what has been stolen from me will be returned. And yet, if I'm honest, it is far too late for that. Things have gone far too, far too long, far too past that point. But in fact, there was a lady at a meeting that we attended not all that long ago that gave me a prophetic word. I didn't know her very well. She was a Christian international minister, but she simply said, you think it's too late. She was speaking from the Lord prophetically. You think it's too late for the land to be restored to you, but God says he's holding it in reserve for you. And then she just walked away. 
Now, keep in mind, I didn't know her other than that she was a minister. I, I mean, I just like teared up. It, it, It's like, you can't be serious. Did you really just say that? It, it can't happen, right? But here's the deal. What if God has something else in mind? What if I'm, I've been locked in on a certain way that this prophetic word, this series of prophetic words has to look? What's going to happen as a result of that? And what if God has something entirely different in mind? I'm starting to understand that I may have been locked in on something that was really not what God was talking about. So what I'm saying is, I understand your pain. If we're honest, I doubt that there's anyone who's listening, who's following the Lord and believes in the prophetic, that doesn't have at least some unfulfilled personal prophetic words in your life, right? And if yours are all fulfilled, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lord was about ready to call you home because that would indicate his work for you in this life and on this earth is about done. So don't be, um, you know, don't be dissuaded by unfulfilled prophetic words. It just means he has more work for you to do. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It's a good way to look at it. So here's what I do. Let me just give you some tips from my own life. Here's what I do with words that I have not yet seen come to pass. I try to the best of my ability to just keep on repeating those prophecies back to the Lord. I remind him of his word. I say, Lord, you said, and then I pray accordingly and I decree accordingly and I declare. I say things like, Lord, you said what has been stolen from me will be returned. I remind myself of his goodness. All the things he's done for me before. Thankfulness and gratitude play a big part in encouraging us because then we can expect the Lord to do it again, right? And for the most part, I try to hold things with an open hand because the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, right? We know that scripturally and we bless the name of the Lord no matter what. And like I said before, we got to think outside of the box. Sometimes we get locked in on what we think the Lord is saying, and maybe he means something else entirely at all. Well, there's a lot more that should be, could be said on this topic, but that's all for today's episode. And who knows, there might be a part two someday to this topic. Now, I do want to point out there's an excellent resource written by Bishop Bill Hammond of Christian International. It's called Prophets and Personal Prophecy. It was first published in 1987, and there's been some updated versions since then. If you want some more in-depth and serious study, there's even a three-part series of the prophetic that he did. That's the first volume. But if you don't do that, it's my prayer that even this episode and the teaching that I've given you today can greatly greatly move you forward and, and can restore your hope and possibly enlighten you as to why it seems like some of your prophetic words have not come to pass or been delayed and that you can have hope even when there isn't any hope that God has a way and a plan for you. So, all right, be blessed. I pray it encouraged you. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our show and also please rate it and review it on iTunes because your positive review helps us reach more people with our message. And please visit our website, www.starfireministries.org. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter there. You can also donate, read our latest articles, and keep up to date with us on all of our social media sites. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.